0: Hey builders, welcome to another episode of the People of Growth Podcast. I am your host, Nate Elliott. We're back again this week with another episode, and our guest is Nicole Bowman. Nicole is a psychic, medium, intuitive artist, and a really awesome person. This was a super fun conversation. I had no idea what it was going to be like going into it, and it blew my mind. It was really fun to chat with Nicole. She's really smart. Her story is really cool. We talked a lot about emotional intelligence, which is really fun and I just all around had a great time, and I know you're gonna enjoy this episode. So let's jump right into it. Hi, Nicole, welcome to the show, how are you?
1: I'm doing well, thank you so much for having me, Nate.
0: Yeah, I'm excited. Doing research on you, you do some really interesting things. I'd love for you to tell the listeners who you are and what you do.
1: Yes, well, my name is Nicole Bowman, and I'm a psychic, medium, and intuitive. And that basically means that I see, hear, and feel clear information from spirit. And I've been doing this work for about 10 years. It actually runs in my family. So the bulk of my work is really helping people to trust their intuition, to sort of trust their inner knowing, so it can sort of guide them through life. And so I would say that's the bulk of the work I do. It's about getting you to trust yourself. It's not always actually relying on the psychic or medium to guide you through everything, but to teach you how to do it so you can guide yourself.
0: That's that's really interesting. I think that obviously like people have different ideas on on what you do but i think that there's something that almost everyone agrees with is that we all have this intuition or this like gut feeling of like what we should or shouldn't do i'm curious like what what would you tell somebody that they're thinking like man i don't know like how to listen to my gut or i don't know what my gut is telling me or my intuition how would you like start to help somebody use their intuition better
1: Yeah. Well, to move through that process, a lot of times we have to go back to childhood because in our childhood, that's when we're innocent. And that's typically when we trust ourselves most. Right. So if you think back to being a kid, right. And you think about the times when you knew you needed to do something and you didn't know why, but you just knew you needed to do it. Or the times when you knew something didn't feel right and you shouldn't do it. That's your intuition. That's the gut instinct. So if you can get back to that place and think back to that childhood space before the world told you who you were, or before the world mm-hmm. told you what you were supposed to be, if you tap into that and you follow it, the more you follow it, the louder it gets. And the louder it gets, the more you trust yourself. A lot of times we dim the noise. Yeah, we, we dim it. Down.
0: That's really interesting. Yeah. Because I think that, I don't know, that that's something that rings true for me. Like, When I was a kid, it was always, well, this, this doesn't feel right. Or this feels like I should do this. And I don't know why. And I think that you're right. As we get older, it's kind of like, yeah, but what are other people (laughs) going to think? Or what am I supposed to do? Because the world tells me that. And so what benefits come from listening to your intuition? Like if somebody is, is listening to this, they might be thinking, okay, like I can do that, but I did that when I was a kid. And so. Maybe that, maybe I've like grown out of that and I, I shouldn't do that. You know, I should be more logical or analytical when I'm making decisions. What I guess is the argument for listening to your intuition?
1: Yeah. Well, the argument for it is that the intuition keeps you safe and it's also connected to the part of you that's eternal, right? The part okay. of you that's immortal. So it's the part of you that erases race or class or what you should be doing and it gets to the mm-hmm. core of who you are. And if you pay attention to the core of who you are and you follow that, you're going to have a happier life because you're moving from a place of joy, as opposed to a place of fear, as opposed to a place of insecurity. And what it also does is it builds your confidence and it puts you in situations and with people where you can be yourself and you can be the real you, as opposed to feeling like you've got to put on a mask. So it helps you with authenticity. And I would say the more authentic you are in time, the more successful you will be. Maybe not by the world standards necessarily, but you'll feel good inside about who you are.
0: That makes a ton of sense. I would love to know what it's like to grow up in a family that you said it runs, like being psychic runs in your family. What is that like? I'm sure that that is a completely different experience than growing up in a family where Mm -hmm that isn't the case. And so what was that like to be a kid in that situation?
1: Well, it was very emotional. (laughs) So that's the first thing. But secondly, you know, we never use the term psychic to describe her. Okay. Um, And when I grew up, I just thought that's how everybody was. Right? Yeah. So for me, I didn't really know anything different. You know, my mother, she since passed away, but she was very, very psychic. And she would have dreams about things that would happen. She was one of those psychics though, that would dream of people who passed away or she'd get word that somebody was gonna pass away. And then I had a grandmother who was a healer. So it it, Mm -hmm. it wasn't, I can't say it was strange or different because it's really all I knew. Um, And because my family is very religious, they wouldn't use the word psychic. They might use the word prophet or seer. Okay. Those are the words you would use in church. But it was never something where they were like, okay, now's the psychic development class. We're going to learn. (laughs) Like that. It was just more like you feel things, you know things, you sense things about people, and you don't really know how you know. And we pretty much all have that in some capacity.
0: Yeah, I think that a lot of times I'm, as I've gotten into like adulthood and I started to, like I've started my own family and got, gotten married and I'm starting to see the world as an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been some like kind of cognitive dissonance as I see, oh, this is how I grew up. Well, that's not normal for everyone. Or, oh, this person that I thought like had the crap together does not have the crap <laughs> together at all. Like adults don't, have everything figured out was there that's like a thought process that's been going on in my head and then i can hear your story and think oh that cognitive dissonance maybe maybe that's not the right word but that feeling of growing up and realizing oh not everyone has this background as me or not this isn't normal for everyone you know this isn't everyone's experience how did you deal with that what was that experience like
1: well you know it wasn't actually until i went to college uh, because I went away to school and that's mm-hmm. actually when I realized it because I've always been a very sensitive person So I've always kind of felt emotions like everybody else feels it at a level five and I feel it at a level 10 Right. Yeah. So I just thought I was very very sensitive and I didn't know mm-hmm. different And it's when I got to college when I entered into my 20s that I realized Okay, what I seem to know and understand about people everybody else doesn't necessarily know this So just being aware, it was being around my friends, being around their parents, their families, listening to their conversations, the things they thought about, like how they interpreted situations. Mm -hmm. And I could tell that I just had a very different life experience. Like I kind of knew without actually knowing a person what it was like to be them. Yeah. Right. Interesting. Understood. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. That brings me back to something I learned in college, the idea of, of emotional intelligence and like. That's something that like, I learned about it and I was like, oh, this makes so much sense because so many people you go around and they don't have the ability to like, have a conversation with somebody and then like, flip it around and see it from their perspective or, or understand like how people are feeling to read their body cues or to understand how something that you're saying is going to affect other people. And I think that a lot of what you're saying to me lines up with that idea of like you need to be emotionally intelligent because if you're not like you're, you're just walking around like a bowling and like a feelings china shop you know and and that can really hold you back in your career i've seen a lot of smart people that they don't know how to talk to people and like if you don't know how to talk to people it doesn't matter how smart you are or how good you are at something because everyone's gonna be like oh that guy's a jerk and so what could you tell people about kind of that idea around emotional intelligence or understanding people's feelings or how what you say impacts them? Because I think, I don't know, I I would love to hear your take on that.
1: Yeah, well, I think that's a really good point, what you're saying about emotional intelligence, because I think that's essential to having a healthy life and having healthy relationships. I think the first thing, you just kind of have to strip your personality away from it, if that makes sense, and strip your experience away from it and understand that everybody doesn't think the way you think. And I think one of the things, especially when I'm working with clients, the issue that people get into is that they will place their motives and their thinking on somebody else's behavior, and then they'll react based on what's going on in their head. So the number one thing is don't make assumptions. Um, It's hard Mm -hmm. and it's hard to be vulnerable, but you have to ask questions. Like you have to ask questions, like ask people what they want, ask them what they need, ask them what motivates them. And I think sometimes that that's kind of a difficult space to be in because we don't necessarily like to be naked and vulnerable like that, but it's, it's essential to being able to communicate and connect with people. It's, that's the number one thing. Just don't, don't assume because you might be putting something on it and that's not really what it is. Like a person, yeah. they may not even mean what you think they mean. You know, they may not be trying to be malicious or vindictive or sarcastic, you know. So it's it's more about like asking questions and having a conversation and really listening to the person versus thinking about what you're going to say in your head.
0: Yeah, totally. I think that I think I had a really hard time, I don't know, giving people the benefit of the doubt for a long time because I had, I grew up in a home with, like really high expectations if i if i was asked to do something i was expected to do it like i was expected to like i don't know live up to high standards and then i kind of got out into the world and saw mm-hmm. oh if i ask someone to do something they might not do it and that was crazy to me you know to to have those interactions where it's like what are you doing like figure it out but i can't expect anyone to have lived my experiences or to have the same even like oftentimes like understanding of a conversation as I do if I say something to one person they can perceive that or comprehend that completely differently and I and I think that if you can take a step back and you can not put your motives on them and not think oh because if if somebody asked me to do something and I just Mm -hmm. didn't do it that would be because I was like ah I guess I just don't care like (laughs) I would that would that would be a crazy thing for me or I forgot you know but like if you can take yourself out of it and understand that they have a different situation and try to see it through them and, and like you like put yourself in their shoes, don't assign motive to them because you don't know. Like that's a way, like you just set yourself up for disappointment if you, if you don't do that, I think. So I, I really appreciate that.
1: Yeah, no, I totally agree. Like someone once said this, it wasn't me yet. Somebody said this, they said, don't expect you from other people
0: <laughs> yeah seriously As
1: long, because that's the thing you know and once again even with communication everybody communicates differently you know some people one or two words some people are very yep. expressive and it doesn't mean they don't care it's just how they relate so it, it's exactly yep. what you say you have to kind of you have to give people the benefit of the doubt and you have to observe them a little bit you know and, and pay attention to When they do seem or they do appear uncomfortable, you know, and I think listening more than speaking, that's probably the biggest thing is is to listen and listen more to understand, like not listen to assume that you know.
0: Yeah, I think I'm thinking this right now, like on the spot. I think everybody should maybe take a, I don't know, try to analyze how much they're talking and how much they're listening. And if you are talking too much or even, like at like any amount of talking, probably try to pare it down by 20% and listen a little bit more and see how that works out for you. Because we all know the person that is always has something to say and never listens. And that's really frustrating because they're not, you can tell that it feels like they don't care. Maybe they do, but but it can be really frustrating. And I think the, that is so right. Like listen more, even if you are already a great listener, try listening a little more. And then those words that you do say, are going to be so much more powerful and so much more effective. I love that. I
1: agree. And I think it goes back to intuition too, because intuition is listening. Like the more silent you are, the quieter you are, the easier it is to hear.
0: That makes a lot of sense. So I want to talk a little bit about your journey. So from, from college to what you do now, mm-hmm. how, how have you got here? It's, it's a tricky kind of minefield, I think, for young adults to figure out what they want to do with their lives and then to make it happen. I know I'm sitting here. I'm in law school. I graduate in May trying to figure out, (laughs) thanks. (laughs) And I'm trying to figure out, okay, like how am I going to get a paycheck and like make my dreams come true, stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And that is, that's stressful. So how did, what was your journey like and, and how did you find that path?
1: Well, it's interesting because I never intended to do spiritual work for people. That was never my focus. Actually, from a very young age, I could sing and I could perform. So I actually got a scholarship to go to New York University Conservatory. So I went to the Tisch School. And I actually worked as a professional performer for about a decade. Um, So I started when I was a little kid. So I started about 14. And then from the ages of 14 to almost into my late 20s, I was a performer. I would go on tour. So that's actually how I used my sensitivity at the time. Right. Because I could use Mm -hmm. it to write music. I could use it to perform. I could use it to emote. That's awesome. Yeah. But I got to a point in performance where I was starting to feel empty, where I, it it was all about the way I looked and having to pick my body apart and I was in pieces as opposed to being a whole person. And it, it, it was somewhere in like my mid-20s, it set me on a journey kind of of self-discovery. So I was still performing, but my, it was changing in the sense that I was no longer interested in like doing commercial work. I wasn't really interested in fame. I wasn't interested in those things uh, that didn't drive me, that didn't move me. And so I started studying meditation and paying attention to my thoughts, which is a process called mindfulness and awareness. And then mm-hmm. I started really reflecting on my childhood and my psychic and intuitive abilities. And really, it just started out as a journey for myself to better understand myself, to deal with my emotions, to deal with my personal insecurities, and also to listen to this stirring inside of me where I felt very uncomfortable in the industry, Yeah. right? And for some people, the entertainment industry is a beautiful industry for them, and that's their path. But I was feeling it wasn't mine. And that was my intuition. And it, it got louder and louder and louder. So it got to the point where I realized that, you know, I, I really couldn't be a performer anymore. It wasn't something that I wanted to do. And I didn't know what I was going to do. I really did not know. Um, but by that time, I had been studying spirituality. I had mm-hmm. developed my own abilities. i been, I've read a ton of books, ton of books. And I came across this book by James von Prague called Talking to Heaven. And James from Prague is a very well-known, very famous medium. And when I read this book, it, it, it was like, oh, my God, do we have the same childhood? <laughs> because I was like, I immediately recognized myself in this book and I recognized his ability to talk to spirit. And I always knew when spirits were around. I could always sense it. Uh, and I remember um, at the time, I, it was my last acting gig got a job in Florida actually, cause I was living in New York at the time, got a job in Florida, performed for the theater. And then I went on a tour and I came back. I loved Florida. I knew I didn't want to go back to New York, but I didn't yeah. know what I was going to do. And I remember I was living in like the Orlando area and I went to uh, a metaphysical shop and I just felt led there. And there was a, a man named William Deep. He's a medium and he was doing mediumship classes. And I came into the class and I just, I was interested. I was like, well, you know, let me see what this is. And after the class, he was like, do you do this professionally? And I was like, no, what are you talking about? (laughs) He was like, well, you should. And and I thought about this because I had been feeling a stirring to help people in some capacity. Like by this time I was overflowing with information. So it wasn't just for me anymore. And I approached the owner of the shop just like on a whim. And I was like, do you think I could read at your shop? And she was like, well, yeah, but you got to do a reading for me first. And I said, okay, fine. That's fine. And she hired me. And then a couple of weeks later, she said, I knew you were going to come to my shop and I knew you were going to read here. I just had to make you think that you needed to do a reading for me. And that's how my path started. And that was a decade ago. And it went from wow. there. So it wasn't, so as you can see, it wasn't planned. It yeah. wasn't planned.
0: That's been a common theme, which has been really cool to see and really frustrating to hear as well <laughs> and interviewing people like yourself yeah. and all these people that do incredible things because at least for me as a kid, I thought, okay, what do I want? Okay, let's work backwards. I'll plan it out and it will all work out according to yeah. plan. And That's not <laughs> how it ever works, which is which is great because you learn so much more as you just let the opportunities come to you and and you're working hard and and trying to figure it out. And I think like the right doors open, but man, it it would be nice if you could just plan it all out. No. Okay. This is what I'm going to do now. And then I'll do this next. The idea of feeling like you, that, that like intuitive feeling of man, like this isn't for Mm -hmm. me. I think that that's a really common feeling. Like I promise like every Mm -hmm. single person that's ever had a job has felt that feeling of like, I can't do this forever. Or I don't want like this isn't for me and that can be really frustrating. And I know a lot of people maybe at least for me, I thought, um, man, maybe I'm just lazy or this is just like a necessary evil to get done what I need to do. What would you tell people about that feeling? Like when they are doing a job that they hate Mm -hmm. or they, they're just starting to feel like bored or stagnant. When is the time to, to think, okay, maybe I need to make the most of this or maybe I need to make a change? Like, how do you, mm-hmm. how should you go through that process?
1: Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I think what it is, is like we live in a world where we expect so much from our jobs, our careers, our professions. So we expect yeah. it to fulfill us on every level. And the vast majority of the time, that's just not the case. You know what I
0: mean? Totally.
1: So you have to look at it a little bit more in a nuanced way. Like in some cases, the job is just to pay the bills, but mm-hmm. maybe outside of work, maybe you take a class, maybe you learn to play an instrument, maybe you build a side business while you're working this job you don't like and you build up the side business. So Spirit is saying like, when, when you're asking this question, sometimes I, I will say this, this is almost moving into a reading now. <laughs>
0: but what yeah, you're Saying cool.
1: is like, you know, oftentimes we will be expecting one thing to fulfill us on every level And you have to understand you will get your emotional fulfillment from one area. You might get your spiritual fulfillment from another. You might get your financial fulfillment from another. So instead of trying to find that in all places, find it where you can. The job pays the bills. Let it pay the bills. Let your relationship fulfill you emotionally, you know? Um, And if the relationship isn't as fulfilling, let your friendships do it. Let a class you take do it. Um, And also I would say, It's also about, I think, following whatever your curiosity is, because what you're curious about, you will have a tendency to do more and you might actually get good at it and you may be able to turn it into something that could be profitable. But it's more, I think when we're thinking about other people or we're trying to impress other people or we're focused on not failing, that we don't take risks Mm -hmm. and we don't take chances and you have to fail. You have to be bad at something before you can be good at something you know and I, and i think that's the thing you have you got to take a chance and you sometimes got to look like an idiot before you an expert <laughs> and a lot of times we want to be an expert first but most of the time you you have to be a student first and and then maybe yeah. you become an expert maybe
0: yeah that's uh, so so interesting it's it's so fun to get these interviews to a place where i just i almost like seep back into the audience and become a listener (laughs) it's so fun because I I, that what you said to me I guess I don't know I I used to think that when I was younger like oh a job is a job it pays the bills if I don't like it that's okay and then I started doing jobs that I hated and I was like well I don't want to do that (laughs) and I think but I think that there's like a, a middle ground of like a job is a job sometimes it's to pay the bills and you can work like you can find that fulfillment from other things because I think especially today like more than ever before we expect like our career to make us happy like that is what like I'm gonna go to school I'm get this job and then I'm gonna be happy and I've seen that from friends that they think that and then they go do a job and they hate it and how frustrating is that and and confusing to spend like years like half a decade going to school for something and then you realize that you don't want to do it like that's so frustrating. And, and I think when you like the best way to come, like you said, like the best way to come to peace with that is to realize, Hey, maybe this isn't where I'm going to find my fulfillment because just cause you don't get 100% fulfillment from your job doesn't mean that you can't fill your life with other things. And I, I actually had that experience with law school. Um, I liked it a lot in the beginning in it. And then it kind of, grew old. And this past summer was really hard for me. And this semester, I've been trying to, you know, like law school is what it is. I'm almost done. I'm going to finish it. But I'm going to fill my my time outside of law school with stuff that I really enjoy. And I'm enjoying law school so much more because of that, because the pressure isn't on law school to be this like, fun thing that I feel like is what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. No, it's just this is a job I'm I'm learning things. And then outside of school, I'm learning other things and trying to find that fulfillment. So that makes like so much sense. There's always like one or two things in a, in a podcast. I'm like, click. <laughs> that is really helpful.
1: Mark. Yep. <laughs> yep. The,
0: the other thing that you said that was like really, really cool to hear, because like I said, like there's common themes of talking to people. And one of those is like, follow your curiosity Mm -hmm. And I think that that's so true because you're right. If you are curious about something, you have such a better chance of being good at it. You know, we, we've all done something that we didn't like and you can still be good at it, but it's going to be a chore. Like you're going to spend hours doing something that you don't like to do, or you don't really care about. And to be really good at something you have to put in, like, I don't know, you've been doing this for 10 years. It's not like you, you just like, okay, I'm going to be the best at it or anything like you put the work in. And if you're, not really curious or you don't really care about it. Like how are you going to put 10 years in to be the best, you know, super interesting.
1: Right. And get this too. When I was first starting, I uh, ended up homeless. I was living in my car for a couple of months. Right. So I went from living in my car, really having little to no money to Mm -hmm. sleeping on a friend's floor to renting a room to getting my own apartment, to reading for clients. So it was a journey, you know, it wasn't something that just, as you said, it didn't happen overnight. And to be clear, I also was one of those people that worked those jobs that I didn't like, you know what I mean? I did catering. I, I was one of those people that used to, when I was a performer, I would do all sorts of different promotions. I would dress up in like bunny costumes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So yep. so like, listen, you have like five-year-olds running around you and you're dressed like a bunny and you think that hat is going to fall off. Like yep. kind of a scary moment, you know, you don't yep. want the kids to see the real you. Yeah. <laughs> But so I'm saying all of that to say, though, that those situations built my character and they also make me humble.
0: Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, yeah. And sometimes we need that too. Yeah. I mean, I think that there's that phrase that like, I don't even know what it is, but like, it's not about the destination. It's about the journey or whatever. And that's so true. And we get so caught up in like where we want to go and what we want to do. And we all like. I don't know we should all know that like there's that retired old guy sitting on a beach somewhere that's like man like I was miserable Mm -hmm. and I just focused on this for 40 years and this isn't even that fun I don't even like the beach you know and so if we can focus on like how can every day improve us how can we like enjoy the journey instead of just enduring the journey like enjoy the journey then like then it doesn't matter you know then it's every day is a good day because we're working towards something that we care about. And we are like growing every day. Like, that's what, to me, what Voxer is all about is how can I make or take growth out of every day? How can I like be a better person? Because I did today. And so I think like, that's so what you said is like resonates with me so much because you don't just, it's not linear. It's not overnight. You do the hard stuff. And if you care about the hard stuff and you're curious about it and you like love it. And you can find that fulfillment, maybe not just from this, but from the other stuff, then like every day is a good day and they're not all going to be good days, but like every day has meaning and purpose and it's worth doing. You know, it's, it's the days when you wake up and you're like, well, this is just a day that has to happen because (laughs) I have rent. Yeah. Like that's not, that's not fun. And if you can have that fulfillment, whether it be like a side hustle or a relationship or a friendship or a skill you're trying to build, then every day has that meaning and purpose. And I don't know, like, I'm excited to listen to this again, because there's a lot of, a lot of really good aha moments I've had. So thank you, Nicole. Oh,
1: well, thank you for having me, Nate. I appreciate it. I appreciate
0: it. Yeah. I wanted to just ask for our listeners, if they are thinking, okay, like, Nicole sounds really cool. I'd like to learn, from, learn more from her or connect with her. How can they do that?
1: Yeah, so they can go to keen.com. And they can find me under live the light. So it's the light. Um, And it's interesting, like live the light is really living your intuition and living your inner light. And it just popped into my head like 10 years ago. Right. And so I would just say Mm -hmm. it over and over again. And it kind of became a mantra. Uh, But yeah, you can find me with Keen.com under live the light.
0: Awesome. Are you on social media? Anywhere? I
1: am. Yeah, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Nicole Intuitive. Okay. So you can find me on those channels. And I also have my own podcast also called Light. Oh. <laughs> and Wait. you can find that wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: Awesome. Well, listeners, go check that out. Nicole has a lot of really, really interesting things to share. And if you're somebody that that isn't, doesn't think of yourself as, I don't know, really being interested in, what Nicole does, listen to this and think about all the things that you learned, and then maybe give it a, give it a chance. Because I'll be honest, going into this, I, I had no idea what this, this episode was going to be. Pilar used the word like she's woo woo. She said that, and I was like, oh, well, I don't I think, think of myself you know. as that. And then I have this conversation with you, and I learned so much. And so there's so much to learn from Nicole, and I would encourage people to check out what she's doing and, and learn from her because there's so much good stuff. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much, Nicole.
1: Thank you again. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, you take care and have a great day. All right, you too. Thanks again for listening, everyone. I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. It was really fun. Go reach out, talk to Nicole if you're interested in that. Give her a follow, check out her website. And until next time, keep building